quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood. Yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found Connective Parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back. I'm here alone and I'm talking about the idea of empathy and my lovely podcast editor and his wife, they have children. And their question to me was, how do you teach your child empathy? And I thought this was a great question because all of us want our children to be empathic and to understand other people's feelings. I think especially when it comes to siblings. So let's dive into this idea a little bit and think of it very globally. So developmentally, kids do begin understanding the idea of empathy early, like around the age of two, but their understanding is quite limited and they're still trying to figure out how to have their own feelings and also to recognize feelings in other people and how to help those other people even soothe during those, those feelings. So Although empathy begins in age two, I don't think children have a mastery of empathy at that young of an age, but they do start noticing that other people have feelings. And I know that my kids at times would say like, oh, mommy, you hurt your finger. Oh, you have a boo-boo. And they would kiss it because they understood what the boo-boo was because they had had a boo-boo before. So they had this experience around boo-boos or hurts, physical hurts. And so they could recognize that I was having a physical hurt like they did. So that made sense to them. But when you're inexperienced and you don't have a lot of background in your life, then you might not recognize that some things are hurtful. So we have to be mindful of understanding where our children are at developmentally in order to understand just how they're digesting empathy. But over time, it becomes more prevalent for them because they have more experiences and they have have seen people become upset and they have witnessed others consoling those people. So I think that is kind of a big theme is that when we give our children an opportunity to witness us being empathic, 
that they are being given this model. And one of the best ways to teach our children is to model the things that we want them to understand or that we want them to reproduce. So when we're empathic around our children, so if we have empathy for us, so if there's a sibling fight and we have empathy for both children, we say, oh, I'm so sorry you got hurt. And oh, I'm so sorry that you hurt your brother. When everybody feels that they're supported and feels that they are listened to and understood, now we're giving them great opportunity to really internalize and learn what empathy is like. Also, when our children are having really big emotions and really big feelings, when we can come to our children and listen to their big feelings and say, I'm right here. You seem like you're having such a hard time. I'm not going to leave you when you're upset. I understand this is really hard. When they can feel that empathy is when they can begin to start reproducing it. But we might have to be empathic hundreds of times before they're really able to grasp the idea and to show that empathy towards someone else. But one of the best things we can do is really be empathic towards our children. The other idea is that if our child feels good about the people in their lives, so their parents, their caretakers, and other adults, if there's a deep connection and a deep bond, then our children will be more apt to have empathy toward the people that they're bonded to, to the people they feel good about the relationship they have. So if a child feels good about the relationship, they're being modeled empathy and they're witnessing those people who they view as important in their life, giving empathy to others, they're going to be submersed in this idea of empathy. If you are empathic towards your partner or toward grandparents or towards aunts and uncles, you're giving them a good opportunity to see it in context. What does it look like? What does it feel like when someone else can be empathic? If we're not being empathic, if we're talking feelings away or ignoring feelings or not giving credence to feelings, then our children will also glean that. So our modeling is super important in all aspects, but empathy would be a really tantamount one that I would make sure I was giving lots of opportunities to model what empathy looks like and how I want my kids to reproduce it. Are you looking for ways to parent without yelling or threatening? Do you crave to understand connection and how to use it in everyday practice with your children? Is remaining calm a challenge and staying away from shame hard? I can be helpful. I've been there and I've also helped so many parents overcome their parenting challenges with my one-on-one programs of either six, eight, or 10 weeks. We dive into what's specifically difficult in your own family and I tailor ways to help you remedy them using connection instead of conventional parenting methods. Go to www.peaceandparentingla.com forward slash private hyphen sessions and find out more about my private one-on-one courses. I'd love to see you there. A couple of other things that I thought were interesting when I was looking up the idea of empathy is that animals actually teach children to be empathic, especially if our children have deep bonds with their pets. They can 
see when the dog is hungry or when they're whining or when they're hurt. And they can notice that in a pet and come to their aid and really feel it, especially I think if they have this deep bond and this all goes back to the idea of connection. So if you're forming these great connections with your children and you're also modeling that empathy, then they're going to start to show empathy toward you. If you can also cultivate good sibling relationships by coming in with neutrality, by not punishing, by not shaming the siblings when they do get in a fight and giving empathy during those fights, then you are also promoting these sibling relationships where if you're giving empathy to the sibling when they've had a hard time or done the wrong thing, then your child eventually will be able to do that too. Conversely, If you're ridiculing and correcting and shaming a child in front of the one you want to teach empathy, you're actually teaching them just the opposite. Talking about other people's feelings can help a child have empathy like, oh, yeah, Papa was really sad the other day. We should really try to make him feel better. We could really try to be there for him because he's having a hard time. When we can speak in those terms, then we can give a good example or have a good opportunity to show them that other people's feelings are important. Sometimes I do this with um, siblings. I'll say, oh, Pia's having a really hard time as I'm going to go, I'm going to go listen to her feelings. And sometimes Esme will even say, well, I want to listen to her feelings too. Talking in those terms Instead of some of the terms our parents would have used, like go to your room and calm down. I don't want to hear your feelings. Stop your whining. Stop crying. All of those are not empathic. And so that would really negate this idea of empathy. But when we promote this idea of that feelings are okay and that everybody has them and that we're going to come to the aid of our family members when they're having feelings, then that will grow empathy within our house. So for instance, I really like to talk in terms of like, so-and-so is having a hard time and I'm really going to go listen and be with them and I'm going to help them feel better, especially when traditionally that child would have been thought of as bad or unruly or, you know, they're screaming, they're yelling, they're, they're displaying behaviors that are not acceptable in society. I like to reframe it in my family and tell others that are listening, oh, this person's having a hard time. I'm going to go try to help them get through it, that this grows empathy in our home. You can also use play. If you think your child's having a hard time grasping the idea of empathy, you could use pretend play. You could set up scenarios where, oh, teddy bear got hurt. Oh, he's not feeling so good. Maybe we need to give him a Band-Aid. Then you could take it a step further. Oh, teddy bear's friend said something unkind to him. Should we help and listen to teddy bear's feelings. He's saying that he's not feeling well, that he feels bad and sad about how his friend treated him. We can listen to Teddy Bear. Oh, Teddy Bear, I'm sorry you're having a hard time. I'm right here, Teddy Bear. Do you need a hug? And using that pretend play with really little kids can help them kind of cultivate empathy too when you can use play because play is one of the ways in which kids really communicate and understand things and it puts it into perspective for them where you don't have to instruct them or tell them um, and you can just use play to get that message across. Reading books about empathy, I think is great. You know, I don't really, it's not, I'm not a huge fan of it because I think that 
people use it as a like, oh yeah, we taught our kids empathy because we read the book. And I really don't think that that's enough. It's just, it's an extra something, but I don't think, I think the experiences around empathy are way more beneficial than reading the books. Of course, the books are great. Let's read books about feelings and emotions and empathy. Sure. But I think most kids learn through experience and through modeling. So it's awesome. I think we should definitely read books around empathy, but it shouldn't be the only thing that we rely on. So I think those are the major ways in which we can have an empathic house. We are empathic towards the people around us, all of the people, and we're making sure we're really modeling that in front of our kids. We're finding and showing empathy towards siblings, I think is a really incredible way towards animals, using it in play. And of course, showing lots of deep empathy towards our children when they're having big feelings or hard moments, even when those moments are completely dysregulating to us. Those moments are an incredible way to teach empathy and understanding as opposed to you know, often historically those moments were shaming and embarrassing and felt like belittlement for us, especially I think as growing up. So if we can take those opportunities when a kid is quote unquote bad or off track and really showing empathy in those moments completely cements this idea that empathy is valid and important in our household. So I hope those were helpful. Thank you for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm so glad you are here. If you would love to leave a review or a rating in any of the places where any of the platforms where you listen to the Peace and Parenting Podcast, I would be forever grateful. I love hearing from you. I I read all of the comments. So thank you so much. And we will see you next time. The Peace and Parenting Podcast is going to take a little break. We will be back in September with new guests and new episodes, and we hope to see you then. I'm hoping you can enjoy some of the older episodes. There are over 130, so dive into those, and I'll see you all back in September. September.